Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Work-Wife Wine Time podcast. The podcast is for Australian women in business who are looking for connection and the support of other women sharing the same business journey. Awesome. Hello, hello. It's Gemma here with you today, and I'm really excited to connect you with our very special guest, uh, Olivia Carr. Hello, Olivia. Thank you for being here. How are you doing? (laughs) Good, thank you. You have a really amazing voice. I was just listening to that and I'm like, you've got a really amazing voice for podcasting. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> just thought I would share that right off the bat. I'm like, you have an amazing voice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Goodness. I yeah. don't know how I'll continue after that. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> random it. random way to start, but there we go. Oh, it's well, look, we, we love randomness here, so br- yeah. bring it. Um <laughs> Well, let's get straight into it. Tell us, um, yeah, who you are and what you do and give us the rundown. The rundown. Okay. So, gosh, it's a big story, so I'll condense it. Um, so, essentially, I guess the thing that I'm most famous for is the kind of rags to riches story, the, the mum who fell pregnant at 19. I was on my way to NIDA, the National Institute of Dramatic Arts, to kind of make my way to Hollywood, which was always my childhood dream. And in the same week, um, this is like what I love about the world and, and the universe and all the things. In that same week, I had my first sliding door moment. That was the week that I also found out I was pregnant. So I chose the path of motherhood, knowing I'd be doing it alone. Um, the next kind of 10 to 14 years was, needless to say, a huge struggle. Um, and then there were just some really rock bottom moments during that 14 years I climbed my way out of debt. Um, I'm really, really skipping over the kind of the details here, but it's a big story. <laughs> and then I started my business that I still run today, which is Silk, which um, again has some kind of, I know we're going to touch on it today, has some really fun, crazy PR moments um, that I'm, I mean, I love the crazy. I love the crazy marketing ideas. I love thinking out of the box, but I guess that's that's my story and I'll allow you to kind of dig in where you want to dig in. And, and go as deep as you want to go or keep it as light and fluffy. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um what 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 brought you to start the business and work for yourself? Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. Um so when I did um become a young mum, obviously for a period there I had chosen to give up my dream of acting. So actually when I was 24, I started my first award-winning business. It was called Shows for Kids many moons ago. Um, and that's where I would tour around the country, putting on performances for kids, teaching them about really important things like anti-bullying, cyber awareness. Um, again, this is like pre kind of Facebook days, really. Um, and it was just when things were starting to come out. So I actually started that business um, when I was pregnant with my second child, uh, which I think a lot of women do. It's like a really good time to kind of be creative and think about where you want to go in life. And it naturally just evolved. Like I won the Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award with that business when I was like 27, um, best startup. So I loved business. But during that process of four years of doing all the performances, of running the behind the scenes, doing like wearing every hat like we all do, I suffered my first experience of burnout. So I walked away from the business um, and I went back into the corporate world to kind of, I guess, get some business know-how behind me. 
did a bit of a stint in the charity world. And then I think once you've had a business, it's really hard to kind of transition back into a career. So I did that for about, oh gosh, six years. And then I got the itch and I was like, it's time. Like it's definitely time. Um, and I decided to leave my role as a general manager at Pacific Brands, so like Haynes, Sheridan, um, Bonds, those guys, and start my own business. So that's and we just celebrated our eighth birthday. It's awesome. So and it's, tell us, yeah, yeah, tell us about your current business. Yeah, so it started literally just with four silk pillowcases. So I've always slept on silk, um, and I was when I was in that process of, well, what am I going to start? What business will I start? I took a trip with my kids to America back in 2015 and I lost my silk pillowcase because they took it away with the housekeeping. And I got home and I was like, oh, that's so frustrating. They're so bloody expensive. Like anyone that owns one will know they've always been expensive. And I was like, oh, I have to pay $100 to replace it. And I was like, I really just would love a zip, like a simple zip because it falls off my bed. Mm. And so I started Googling and I was like, oh, there's, there's just not one with a zip. And I was like, oh, that's really frustrating and very cliche. But I was like, ah. Oh, maybe this is a thing. Maybe if I want one with a zip, maybe other people will yeah. rather than pay a hundred dollars. Will I just, you know, invest hundreds of thousands of dollars and start a business. So that's essentially what ended up happening. Three days later, I flew to China just like, just to learn everything about silk um, and the whole world of, I guess, you know, manufacturing over there. And then I gave myself six months. I was like, right, I'll give this a really kind of good crack for six months. If it doesn't work, I'll go back into corporate. And here we are. It's amazing. Tell me about China. Like what, when you flew fascinating. in. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah did fascinating. you have plans to meet with people specifically or like how did you navigate that when you were there? Yeah. So I think it's very similar today. So back then you have to get an invitation, um, nice. especially if you're there to do business. So that means you'll need to find a supplier that you're actually going to have meetings mm-hmm. with. So that's the first thing. Yeah. So I literally just did research online and I was like, right, like let's find a factory I learned a lot during that trip because obviously I'm not saying that everyone operates this way, but the experience that I had was that, you know, I was seeing these amazing facilities on their website and I was like, wow, like that looks so clean and lots of air and, you know, it looks like great working conditions. Anyway, so I chose that particular supplier to have my meetings with. And I remember when I got there and they were really, really resistant and not wanting to take me to the factory. And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm here to see the factory. Like, pleased to and it and it was back and forth back and forth a couple of days had passed and I was like I need to see the factory anyway they ended up driving me to this little what I would kind of describe I guess in Australia as like a almost like a two-story apartment building and took me up the stairs and I was thinking what is going on like you know and I don't speak any Mandarin or Chinese so it was that was hard as well mm. and I remember thinking where are we going and we walk in and it's like a studio apartment and there were six ladies on machines, no air, no ventilation. It was hot and humid. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And especially coming from big retail where, you know, I'd learned all about the importance of quality control and mm. all the things. And I was like, oh, my goodness. But then the hardest part was that to, I guess, break away from that supplier to then I was in China and I was like, well, I'm here now. I actually need to find one an ethical, like, So anyway, I ended up finding a sales agent over there while I was there that then took me out and actually, you know, we did some auditing and we found a a factory that we still work with today, but just a really fascinating experience because, and there's just no shame. Like when I got there and I was like, this is the factory. I'm like, I've seen the photos on the website. What is going on? There's just, there was just no shame. 
Um, So that was, I would always suggest to anyone that's, I guess, manufacturing in China, it's so important to go over and do that kind of due diligence. Like it's so important. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's goodness me. There you go. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I really respect that you did that as well. You know, I think a lot of people wouldn't, or they would maybe turn a blind eye to, it doesn't really matter where they're made or. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you were insistent to wanting to see the manufacturing. Yeah, so, and um, I think like that's like it really is so important. So pre-COVID, mm-hmm. I would go over three times a year. Every time our production had finished, mm-hmm. I would personally myself go over one because you need to build relationships. And the mm-hmm. factories that we work with are pretty much ninety-eight percent women, and yeah. I'm a big advocate in supporting them and doing amazing things while we're there. But you actually always need to keep your finger on the pulse and make sure, like, if you're bringing products into the world, you you have a duty of care to kind of mm. make sure that you're following the entire process from start to finish. So I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, well, we're 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 here more so to talk about business relationships today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which but, I know. love. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever goes. Um yeah. Because, yeah, from what I know, you are very much a queen of creating business relationships, as I guess we've just touched on, right? You're yeah. excellent at doing those across the world. So that's yeah. pretty amazing. Um, but I guess, first of all, tell us about, like, what are business relationships? Yeah, that's a good, like, there's a whole chapter in my book about this. Like, I am a huge advocate on, I think I kind of weave into the story around like sales starting with sales and I guess we're actually all selling like people who say they're not a salesperson and I'm like "Mm, we are all selling from the minute you're born you're kind of selling you want milk you cry you're like you're demanding attention um but to be able to sell to me or to be able to build a business is so important to recognize that you have choices you can be very transactional in relationships which means that your sales process or your kind of repeat sales or how big you you can grow your business, I think is quite limited based on the style of sales that you choose. I've always just, for me, it comes most natural to what I call relationship selling. So like I'm so inspired to get to know people, to build a relationship, to, I don't know, to see beyond that first, I guess, the reason you're connecting with them, which is generally to do business. Mm. And it's like, well, what does this person love? What do they care about? What motivates them? And then the more that you can get into the psyche from a genuine place, like from an authentic place where you're really building a genuine connection with with the person that you're dealing with, that to me is what allows you to then go on and create incredible business together, collaborations, friendship. I mean, I think of, um, you know, the the partner that we have at Beverly Hills Hotel, Christy, her and I met in 2016. I've taken her to the factories in China. I invite her to come and see, you know, their collections being made. She's come and had dinner parties in Australia at my friend's homes. She lives in LA. I stay at her house when I go there now. And, you know, that just started as a business relationship. Um, and then we've taken it one step further. We're now in partnership together in her new business, doing collaborations around the world. And to me, things like that can only happen for you as a brand if you are genuinely building connections Mm. um you know and I think there's some other amazing connections that you know I've built in the business and that's you know the one with the Kardashians that again started with you know me hand delivering a four-page letter on the doorstep talking about my story my mission 
um, acknowledging that, you know, I didn't have a marketing budget and I knew what I was asking of them was to support me, to allow me to then pay it forward to others, which is why I'm such a big advocate on continuing to pay it forward because they did that for me. What a lot of people don't know is that like the connection that I have with, you know, a couple of members of that family is truly, truly special. Like, you know, on my Instagram, I have private DMs where Chloe and I send voice notes to each other on on Instagram DMs and we've shed tears together, right? It's like, but that's a relationship that's been developed since t- with the, with these guys since about 2016 as well. So this sort of stuff comes because you nurture, you, you know, I don't know, thinking I'm trying to relate this to people that are in business like me, but when it comes to relationship and connection, if somebody that you're doing business with or if somebody that you want to do business with, if they're celebrating something important, you have to celebrate with them. It can't always be, hey, I'm just launching a new product and here's a package. And that's not that's not relationship at all. That's very mm-hmm. one-sided and, and that's just not how I do things. So, yeah. How do you... Look, how have you cultivated those relationships further from, you know, beginning at business and then turning them into like personal? um, Yeah. Like how? how I would say, yeah, yeah, it's fascinating even hearing you say that because I would say I think the difference is I build the relationship personally first Mm. and then the business follows. So even if I think to that very first meeting I had at the Beverly Hills Hotel, literally our first ever I guess quote-unquote business meeting we actually didn't really talk about business at all it was like tell me about yourself what you know what's your story I was fascinated like you know how do you end up working in the Beverly Hills Hotel like tell me about that like I was so genuinely wanting to get to know who this you know who Christy was at the time yeah and the same with me like tell me about your story because I truly believe and I you know this is not something that I make up this is this is a theory that exists and I'm sure there's a lot of science behind it people do business with people yeah so it doesn't matter what product we're all trying to push at the end of the day you are far better off taking an approach where you get to know the other person sitting across from you on a zoom call at a business lunch at a cafe like just day to day like it it doesn't even have to come down to business it's just you know I literally could be sitting having a chai latte in the morning and notice a businesswoman on a laptop next to me. And I'm just intrigued and genuinely curious to know. So I will start a conversation. Hey, like, what do you do? Like, tell me about it. And then literally a spark will happen and amazing things can come from that. So that's how I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, And I guess I was going to ask you this, but seems a bit of an irrelevant question now, but I guess why create these relationships? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's irrelevant. I think it's like, I reckon that's a good, good question because some people may be listening thinking that sounds like a lot of work. It's a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's relationships in, in life, right? It's mm-hmm. like, whether that's a marriage, whether it's, you know, your kids, whether it's family, whether it's like, that's relationship 101. I guess it's one, what do you value as a person? To me, I value connection. It's like one of my deepest personal values. Whereas for others, they may not value that. So I guess that might not be the approach that will work for them. So, and I think that's really important to actually acknowledge though, because the one thing that will not work in your favor is if you don't genuinely value relationships, it'll come across very inauthentic. And that mm-hmm. that's that's a terrible outcome for personal and business. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was curious into knowing like how how can people tell if you are you know not being true to that you know that it is yeah. that sort of forced inauthentic need to create this relationship for my personal gain type thing like how yeah. is it that someone can see through that I mean I can feel it so if it's if I'm mm. on the receiving end of that I think it's something you feel I think we're especially women we're so tapped into our kind of intuition I think in this day and age as well with like the whole social media thing and like, you know, what people put online versus what, like we're just so highly tuned to kind of see through the BS, I guess. Um, it's probably not, it's not the best answer I can give, but it, to me it's, it's a feeling, like it's a feeling and I think that that's reciprocated. You know, if I was going into something if I couldn't be myself, this is probably a good one. If I was going into a business meeting and for some reason I just wasn't gelling with the other person, and I actually have had this situation recently with a hotel on the Gold Coast, if I'm not gelling, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. It's just something's not compatible. I'm very unlikely to want to do business with them. Yeah. So it's a two-way thing. Like it's not just them asking if I want to. It's like I don't actually feel that that would actually be a really collaborative partnership because it's just not, it, for me, it's just not working. So, yeah. 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 And how do you think your business would have been different if you didn't cultivate these true like relationships? Um, well, I wouldn't love it, that's for sure. Like it would give me no joy mm-hmm. um, because like when I think about, I mean, gosh, a month ago, I took a customer who I've talked with every single day on Instagram for I don't know how many years. Um, we've, you know, this, and I do this with a lot of people, but, you know, we've connected every day. She's a huge supporter of the brand. And I was like, you know what? We have to meet. Like, let's just go and meet for breakfast. We went to the botanical gardens in Melbourne to the cafe. And I literally was like, this is amazing. Like, this is literally amazing that I've built this brand that not only sells products that people love and adore but I have relationships with customers beyond that I mean I'm quite public on my Instagram on my personal Instagram that if I'm having a bad day I've had customers send me donuts send me flowers send me cards send me voice notes and that I worked at you know Pacific Brands I've never seen customers send in personal notes cards whatever when people are having like that to me is the true essence of like connection mm. and that goes beyond selling the product. It's not even about it at this point. It's about you've actually formed a connection with people who see you, who resonate with you, who want the best for you. And yeah, I mean, I, I just wouldn't have a business without that because it's just the business is an extension of my DNA, I guess. Yeah. 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 I love that. <laughs> I mean, even after this podcast, like my mind's going to it. You're going to experience what we're talking about. You will experience it for yourself because my mind, I'm already thinking to myself, like there's things that I want to know about you. Now, this is interesting because like you're interviewing me, but it's like I get so curious. I'm going to be hungry to know and understand more about you and then I will want to form a connection and you'll just have to experience that for yourself. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on, yeah. And you're in Melbourne, so that's amazing. It makes it very easy to connect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That was, that's, um, yeah, that would be awesome for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And, well, it, go, it goes quite 
a nice little segue into what I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, you touched on your relationship with the Kardashians. Yes, we're, mm-hmm. we are name dropping, but, you know, so be it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you, you touch a little bit on the story, but like, how did that start? Like, how did you create that specific Moment. relationship? Yeah. yeah. And, and why, I guess. Yeah, I think the why is important as well. So when I first started the brand, as I said, I gave myself six months to make it work and it all happened really fast. Like I think that trip that I took to China was in August and I launched the brand in October. So that's like a really intensely fast time to go from like idea to launch. Yeah. Uh, And I think I did that because I was like, right, I literally have enough funds to probably support myself for about six months. I'll give most things a go. But I think during that process, I knew that I needed to, I guess, partner, collaborate, I don't know, connect with um, something or someone or people that could help me bring my vision to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was continuing to help people. So the other part of the brand is that we do we do good, like doing good is in our DNA. We do so much good stuff in the community, whether it's pay people's mortgages when they're having you know tough times, like just charities, like a whole lot of stuff. So I was like, who can help me to kind of, you know, bring this mission to life or vision to life? And I I followed and I, you know, unashamedly will admit that I love watching the TV show and I have watched it since season one and I've, you know, got a 22-year-old daughter. We used to watch it together. Um, so I knew that they they already used silk pillowcases. They looked like they were handmade. Um, they had no kind of marketing on them. I genuinely believed I was also doing them a service. If I could produce something that I knew I would love, Mm -hmm. then I knew they would love it. So in my mind, like to others listening, they might be like, yeah, okay, that's kind of weird because like just because you think they'll love it, that doesn't mean that they'll love it. But I genuinely had this feeling in me. I'm like, no, if I can make something that I genuinely believe makes their life easier or looks better on their bed because that's what I want, I genuinely think that they'd be like, hey, that's kind of cool because we use it anyway. Like I'm not giving them something that they don't already use. So I kind of knew that they already have talked about silk for, you know, many times on the show and the grandma's a big advocate and it's kind of something that they all do. So then I was like, right, now it's just a matter of getting it to them. Like that was it. I was like, I just, how am I going to get it to them? So I literally just book a ticket to America, to LA. Um, How did I get the address? It's like, I guess the, the hard thing these days is the more famous you are, the more readily available details will be online, which I think totally sucks from a privacy perspective. Um, And there's a lot about this that I wouldn't do today. Just so Mm -hmm. much has changed in the world that I just wouldn't. But back then I also didn't know about gated communities. It's not something that really exists in Australia. We don't really have celebrity culture here. So I didn't know the barrier that I was up against. I thought I was literally just going to go and the address I was planning to go to was Chris Jenner's, uh, they, they call it Jenner Communications. I was actually thinking I was turning up to an office. Okay. But as the, as the story goes, when I actually got there, and which I discovered later, they actually were filming. So her office was one of the homes, was their residences. So this is back in 2016. So they've kind of blown up a lot more again since then. But back then they were filming from, one of their residences. So it was actually a, a home address that I was turning up to. So that part I had no idea because probably I maybe wouldn't have gone if I knew that. Um, I definitely wouldn't have gone if I knew it was a gated community because I'd be like, well, I'm just never going to get in. Um, yeah. But that day I did. I said I had an appointment for Cargena Communications and they let me through. And there's a whole lot about that story. Like it's a big story. Um, it's a cool story to Google. Um, but, yes, I did hand deliver 
And what's really important is that there was a handwritten note, like a, a like I penned an actual letter to them telling them about who I was, my story, you know, the young mum, what my mission was. And as I said before, like really asked them for their help. And then four months later, I think it was in April, um, we got an email from one of the assistants saying, hey, Kim would like love some of your product. And then that was the initial and then years went by. And I think this is the other part that's crucial coming back to connections. From that very first encounter, I made it a special kind of, I don't know, made sure that with that assistant, I developed such a strong connection as if as equally like in the kind of grand scheme of everything, I think an assistant or whether that's the receptionist that you're trying to get to someone in an office, like you have to cherish the relationships with everybody that is involved in the process of helping you achieve what you want to achieve. So, you know, with him and I have had dinner together in LA, I've met him at Kim's house before. It's like, you have to nurture every connection that you have with everyone that you're trying to connect with. And yeah, anyway, so then since that day, we've pretty much been working with them. Um, every time they need product, I mean, very as recent as a month ago, Chris Jenner wanted a set of our new um, PJs that we've just launched for the Beverly Hills Hotel for all of her girlfriends. We'll custom make things for them. We'll, yeah, it's just very cool and all unpaid and just on the back of a very, I would want to think, genuine relationship i mean chloe knows that my book's coming out she sent me my like well wishes you'll see there's a note in there from her in the book it's um it's pretty cool absolutely pretty cool. yeah yeah it's yeah. a good story yeah. hard to replicate i will say it's i had an interview the other day and this part of the story kind of sucks because like as a businesswoman i love to share advice that is easy to replicate it's really hard to replicate connection Mm. because a connection is so personal I think it's important that you develop your own connection and relationships with people that would be the thing you can replicate but could a brand listening to this or a founder listening to this just take all the exact steps that I did and would it work I would say in 2023 probably not one you're never going to get through the gate anymore two like it's just with all the way the world is that particular path to entry is never going to work but replicating the power of genuine connection building, relationship, nurturing, like nurturing is the biggest part of the whole process when it comes to relationships. Like it's ongoing. Like it's not like I, I, I could have easily stopped. Like that first time that Kim shared a picture about, I could have stopped at that point and been like, cool, like tick, yay, Kim slept on my pillowcases. But it was never about that. It's about how can I get them to help me to help others and that's why now it's been, gosh, what are we, like seven-year relationship that I don't ever see changing. Yeah, but you have to commit to that. And so it's like any relationship, it is hard work, but it's worth it. Yeah, totally. Um, when you say helping others, like what do you mean by that? Yeah, so because the reason that I do the business, I guess, like what gets me out of bed in the morning it's actually not to sell pillowcases. Um, the selling of the pillowcases enables me to do what I love most, which is paying it forward. And it's the random acts of kindness. It's, you know, maybe it's for the homeless stuff that we might be doing. We did a big Sleep for Street initiative where we created 5,000 custom-made waterproof sleep masks for people in the US who are doing it tough and and all they need is sleep. And, you know, most of the time that they're trying to sleep is the daytime because it's the safest. Like things like that. So it's like, we exist to do good with random acts of kindness. I don't know, just 
in everything that we do. So I guess their help enables me as a byproduct because, you know, the more eyeballs that we get on the brand, hopefully some of those convert, the conversions then come through to, you know, if you're running a business well, should come through to some profit, that profit can then you do what you like with it. As a founder, I prefer to, you know, do good with it. So yeah, a big, also another big theme in the book. Um, you know, I did a, we had our pre-launch last night um, at the National Retail Awards and part of my speech was there'll be people in that room, I acknowledge it, that the books, it's of no use to them. It may not be relevant to them. But I asked them very sincerely, could you please spend time today thinking someone in your world that you could gift that book to that might be looking for some hope right now, that's maybe doing it a little bit tough. I want you to pay it forward and give it to them. Like it's it's kind of, it's from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep, anyone, if they were following me around every day, there's just so many different interactions in my day that it is just who I am. So, Yeah love that and um oh, I just I just forgot what I was gonna say I, I I started thinking about what you were saying and then I got lost in the thoughts about it yeah because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like oh hang on I need to store that information in my head <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love it goodness me um uh, yeah so here at work wife wine time like we're all about collaboration over competition Love of that. course. And yeah. So what, what does that mean to you? I also talk a lot about that as well. I love that you're touching on themes that are actually in the book. Oh. Firstly, <laughs> the first thing I'll say when I hear you say that is I believe it. Mm. Um, one of the things that I think I mentioned in the book is that it's so easy to put one of those posts up online, but not live to it. You know, you see people put these fancy yeah. coats up like, you know, mm-hmm. girl, I'll fix your crown or whatever it is, queen. And it's like, cool but show me how you're doing that. Like yeah. sh- I want to, I want to see it. I want to see the action, you know, mm-hmm. it's back those words up. So for me, what that means is, I mean, a great example, a, a fabulous example, people can see this on Instagram is I will put up, um, you know, tips, free advice, whatever on how to build a brand. And maybe someone who's just launching a silk pillowcase business might, you know, come across it and they'll like it. You can literally publicly see me, actually saying to that person hey anything I can help you with you want to come in and have a tour of the of of our factory can I give you a leg up can I give you can I check your pricing can I make sure you're not being ripped off can I and these are people selling the same product as me Mm -hmm. but this is where I think when you when you step out of what you're selling and step into service of why you're selling and why you're doing what you're doing it doesn't matter like there's enough space in the world for everyone to do well and I think you actually I mean there's a quote that I love no one ever became poor by giving right it's like I care more about helping somebody than I would about actually I I also talk in the book actually literally about this um we made a decision last year we had an opportunity to go into Sephora in Southeast Asia and our competitor our biggest competitor in the space um you know I I don't even like that word but it is in the world of business it's always going to be there they're already in Sephora and we had a chat internally because we're also a sustainable brand that genuinely, you know, we're all made to order. So we don't like to mass produce. We had a chat about it in house and we're like, you know what, this makes no sense from an ego brand point. It makes a lot of sense. Like who wouldn't want to be in Sephora, but if we really get down to it, it's like they already have the exact same product. It Mm -hmm. is pure silk. Silk is not made of 15 different ingredients that you can like 
slightly change. It's a silk fabric that's weaved. You know, the worms eat the, the leaves. It's like they don't need two, two of them. They, yeah. they just don't uh, unless there's other reasons that they'd want to because one's more sustainable or all the things. But I was like, no. So we backed out of the deal. I was like, it just, and that, but that's the other thing. It's like, if you are going to, so in that case, it's like, well, how does that fit into collab don't compete? Well, maybe another brand would be like, no, I want to go head to head. It's like, yeah, but mm. why? Like, yeah. why do you want to go head to head? For me, I took a more ethical approach to it, which I actually think in, in years to come might actually pay off because when somebody actually stops to think about why we said no, that's an interesting conversation that somebody may want to reach out to us about. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. I think about it, but I guess many, many business owners wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't see past that, you know, they'd be like, mm. oh, we want to get into this place that's huge yeah. and everyone knows. Um, so that's, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting when you do actually take that step back and think yeah. about it more so than, you know, just wanting, I don't know, mm. I guess the name or, but yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I had a girl, um, yeah. last night at the awards say to me, um, you know, where, where do I see the brand going? Yeah. And I, I said around year 10, I'd love to sell the business. I would love to put it out. I'd love to sell it. I'd love to move into service full time to be able to help others. And she's like, well, who do you think would buy it? Like, who are you hoping would buy it? Yeah. And I said, you know what would be really cool if our competitor, if our competitor bought it? She's like, really? And this lady's had a, a well-known brand in, in Queensland for about 10 years as well. And I was like, no, I actually think that would be a beautiful full circle moment. Like how amazing to build a brand and be side by side with someone for so long and then kind of wrap it up with a bow and then hand it and then allow them to grow it. Even. Like I, to me, in my mind, I genuinely, I, I'm like, that's so cool. Whereas a lot of people would be like, oh, my God, there's no way. Like I would never like because they're still stuck in that competing and I don't know, it's it's not a good energy to be in. Like no. everyone says stay in your lane, like stay in, like, yes, stay in your lane, but celebrate along the way. I don't know. I think it would be very cool. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, well, tell us, tell us where our listeners can find you if yep. they want to find you. <laughs> Yeah, so my website is fairly easy. It's my name, oliviacar.com.au. Um, my Instagram, where I give as much free advice as I can to other business owners, is self underscore made academy. Uh, and on LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And what what's your key takeaway for today? One, your best tip you can leave our yeah. listeners with? Uh, always make an amazing first impression mm. that can be if you're trying to get a new wholesale deal if you are trying to I don't know in whatever it is you get one chance at making a good impression whether it's like we said relationships like what what does that look like how can you make it amazing but more than that it's about the person not you it's not about your brand it's not about you it's about them how can you make that person feel something for a moment that they enjoy that gives them pleasure for that split second because that's actually the spark of how the connection starts. Yeah. Yeah. Some solid advice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, it's been like it's a it's a good thing to chat about. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, you're you're so welcome. Um do you, do you have any questions for me before we finish? I've never I asked mean, anyone that yeah. before. <laughs> I would say 
why, well, one, I'm curious why this episode is about connections specifically and relationships. And I guess from your point of view, like why does it matter? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, the main the main reason it's about that is, one, we always, at the end of each episode, we do always ask our, list, uh, our guest what collaboration over competition means. And we haven't done a full episode about it about relationships in a while. And when we read through your information, um, we'd done episodes on other things, you know, is when you send in like, here's the things I can talk about. We're like, oh, let's do that one. We need that one. We haven't had that one in a while. We want a whole episode about it. So that's that's pretty much why. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, we, you know, we're like, oh, okay, she has a relationship with Kardashians. Well, that's a story that we want to hear. So, you know, yeah. um, was it? Pretty much that. And what was the second part of your question that's flown straight out of my head? Yeah. Why <laughs> connection so important to you? Like what, what, yeah, why is it important to you? Yeah, totally. I, when I grew up, I had very distant parents in the way that it was that sort of tough love. So I never felt that, I never felt connected to them. I never felt that sort of, I don't mm. know, parent-child love you know so I always had a lot of disconnection with that growing up had a lot of disconnection with kids around me you know I was quote unquote so different and and things like that so um connecting with people is really important to me for that reason because it took me quite a long time to understand what a real connection really is with someone and you know it's not that you need to have anything in common with that person it can just be whatever it is like you said just that one little spark you know yeah and I think it's a very natural ability for someone to when they when you meet someone for the first time to be able to pick up or say something that will create just that little spark you know yeah um, and I think that's really important. It's that tiny bit of genuineness, which we don't get around a lot anymore, you know, especially with the internet. Like I, I sometimes think the internet is the death of connection, um, like real connection, you know, mm. so many people are so focused on that and they're focused on a lot of it. That's not really real you know yeah. how you can like post a photo of you standing on the beach with this huge smile because you've posed for one second smiling but maybe you're having a really miserable time that day yeah and that's why you're at the beach you know what I mean yeah so I I think connection for me is really important in that way because I never understood it until I was older and I had a lot of competition around me as well which I hated I'm competitive People think I'm competitive, but I'm super competitive with myself. I always need to be better for me, better for me. So I always say, like, imagine me running a race. Like, say I'm running 100 meters and I come dead last. But if I beat my personal best, that's a win for me. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So... I feel um, that. Yeah. And then working corporate world, as you have been in and would know, it's so competitive and that it never feels like... Good thing for me. I I always felt when you work with someone together, magic happens there rather than competition. Um, So that's my really long-winded answer to that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can see because we're on Zoom, but I literally had tears in my eyes because, (laughs) like, listen, like, 
when you actually one stop and hold space and let someone share a little bit about themselves as well, like you chose, you could have answered that question to me in a million different ways. Yeah. What I felt when I received your response just then was I felt that you chose to give me a really honest, raw and open, like personal response to that, Mm -hmm. which this this is the exact example of how you actually build connection with others. Yeah. You have to be safe and you have to you mm-hmm. have to be prepared to kind of expose a little bit of yourself if yeah. you actually want to build a deep connection. Absolutely. And I think there's there's definitely different levels of connection, but I'm like yeah. if we weren't on a podcast and we were just going to chat offline like and we continued this conversation, I would reciprocate and then you and we would just instantly form you would get to know each other as two human beings Mm -hmm. on this earth. And like that just reminded me of the day I was sitting with Christy. It's like you, we would have just imagined that continuing for an hour, just back and forward, us sharing about our lives. You touch on your childhood and I'm just sitting there going, no, I feel it. Like I, you know, I'm writing a second book at the moment called self-love, which is all about reconnecting to myself. Right. Cause the first connection I lost, which is so interesting because I'm obsessed with connection but the one I lost for a very long time was the connection to myself, again, due to things that happened in childhood, trauma, yeah. all the things. Um, and like you, I think we probably have similar reasons as to why we love connection with others. So, yeah, anyway, and it's, it's all love. Like, And love is, love is everything and should be all things, and I think connection I know, ultimately is love. Absolutely. So we need more in the world, that's for sure. Oh, we do, yeah. Yeah. Oh. What a beautiful way to end. I love that. I yeah. was going to say the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, what a way to end an episode. <laughs> yeah, really cool. Like Genuine connection created. Yeah. You saw it here first or heard yes. it here first. Absolutely, though. Yeah. So I we definitely it. need to catch up uh, and so. continue that conversation. Like Absolutely. that's very cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> for being thank here. Thank you very much absolute pleasure yeah appreciate it oh i love it and that is a wrap for everyone as always all of you kick-ass women and fellow work wives remember you're not alone because collaboration is our superpower and most importantly in business we all get it thanks for tuning into our podcast if you enjoyed it hit subscribe If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.